0: You would please turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter six. Daniel chapter six verse sixteen. Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose at dawn at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. When he had come near to the den, to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice, the king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me. Inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. The king then gave orders and they brought these men who had maliciously accused Daniel and they cast them and their children and their wives into the lion's den And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all the land. May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed <clears throat> destroyed and his dominion will be forever he delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has also delivered daniel from the power of the lions so this daniel enjoyed success in the reign of darius and in the reign of cyrus the persian let's, let's pray <clears throat> Now, Lord, I would imagine nearly everyone here is familiar with this story. For those of us who grew up in church, uh, we've heard this story since we were kids. Lord, in fact, I can't read this story without thinking of Mrs. Bauer and her flannel graph. But Lord, I pray that you would not allow the familiarity of this story to rob us of of the meaning. Um, There's a battle going on here. The battle between the ways of God and the ways of men. And if we have seen in every chapter, every chapter to this point, in this battle between the ways of God and the ways of men, men always lose. So Lord, I pray that this morning you'd open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to hear your word as it is preached. Amen. It was an election year. The pundits and commentators had their spears sharpened to wound one prominent candidate mortally. They conspired in secluded restaurants and hired the best investigators. They practiced windows and slanted reports. Unknown sources were quoted and an important government official told the press corps that this candidate took his religious beliefs into his government duties. He was not politically correct. His name, of course, was Daniel. Look at chapter 6, verse 1. It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them, three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one. And these satraps might be accountable to them, and that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps, because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, now here it is, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Daniel had been nominated for the presidency. He had already been in the top three of the king's administration, and by the way, in case you don't know, the main purpose of the administration was to collect taxes. The king was afraid he had been losing money, verse 2, and he needed somebody he could trust, somebody who was, whose character was unimpeachable, and he had noticed Daniel. In fact, verse 3 says, Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and the satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. So the king felt he was losing income, he was losing revenue, that there was too much graft going on, and he needed to find somebody who who he could trust. Now, I I love that phrase, Daniel began distinguishing himself, because that really is uh, a theme of of this book so far, right? Look back at chapter 1. We see this through different administrations, through different uh, rulers, Daniel always stood out for his extraordinary spirit. Verse uh, 19, and the king talked to them, and out of them all, no one was found like Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, uh, so they entered into the king's service. But again, you'll notice, here as a young age, perhaps barely out of his teens, he got the king's attention. Uh, Look at chapter 2, verse 48. Years later, the king promoted Daniel, verse 48, and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. So, again, Daniel stood out as a young man. He distinguished himself. And then later on in the administration, he again distinguished himself. And again, he was promoted to um, uh, over all the kingdom, right, under Nebuchadnezzar. Himself. But it wasn't just during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar that Daniel got notice. Look at chapter 5, verse 29. Then Belshazzar, who was Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, this is a new ruler, a new administration. Belshazzar gave orders, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a necklace of gold around his neck and issued a proclamation concerning him that he would now have authority as the third ruler in the kingdom. Now, third, because Belshazzar um, uh, was ruling in the place of his dad, who was not in Babylon. So, uh, Nebonidus was the king. Belshazzar was king over the town of Babylon, the city of Babylon, while he was gone. And then the next highest would be, third, would be where he appointed Daniel. So now we're in a different administration, a different king, and once again, we find Daniel has distinguished uh, himself. Look at chapter 6, verse 28. So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius. Now we're not only on a new king, we're under a new administration, we're under Darius the Mede. right, so a the Babylonian Empire is, is, is gone, has been taken over by the army of the Medes and Persians. And Darius recognizes again that Daniel, there's something about Daniel. And it goes on to say, and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Okay, so you got Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, um, Darius the Mede, and Cyrus the Persian. So you move from king to king to king to king, from empire to empire to empire to empire. The one consistent in the whole story is Daniel continues to distinguish himself. His testimony was so great. His spirit so extraordinary. His honesty so recognized. That he finds himself once again um, up for a promotion. Now, that leads to my first point here. Political intrigue. Political intrigue. So, what's going on, of course, is that the uh, other administrators and commissioners... They've been uh, taking money out of the, the, the accounts, of course. And uh, the king was worried about this financial corruption. The commissioners, however, were worried about something else. Verse 4. Then the commissioners and satras began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs. They didn't want, this, they, they didn't want Daniel to be president they knew, because they knew of his honesty. That would cost them money. Because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, the king planned to appoint him over uh, all the kingdom. The, The other government officials were threatened by Daniel's honesty. Now, the king was attracted to Daniel because of his honesty. He needed an honest man he could trust to keep an eye out over these commissioners and these administrators. So his extraordinary spirit, his honest uh, character attracted the king's attention, but also the other government officials. They weren't, of course, concerned about the king's income, but their own income. They clearly had their hand in the cookie jar. They were embezzling. There was one thing they thought could bring Daniel down. Verse 5. Then these men said, We will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. They look, for accusa- they, they, they look for grounds for accusation. They look for the evidence of corruption. They look for him to be guilty of negligence or to take a bribe or or living off of a government dole. They they looked for all kinds of things. They couldn't find anything. The only thing they could accuse him of, the only thing they could find that they thought was a weakness, which we'll see here shortly, was his greatest strength, was that he really took his faith seriously. He really took his faith seriously. And they thought, this is where we'll get him. He lived his faith. He lived his faith. Well, the corrupt officials um, used flattery to trick uh, the king. Verse 6. Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows. King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the high officials, and the governors, all of us, have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document. That is the... Junction. They flattered the king. They buttered him up. They said, king, you are so wise. You are so great. You're so exalted. Here's what you should do. Here's, here's what we think is a good idea. All of us, all of us. Now, by the way, was it all of us? It was not all of us. Daniel wasn't included, right? All, all of us think that for just for 30 days, just for 30 days, you should make a decree that nobody can pray to anybody else. No petitions to anybody else, just you. The king said, sounds like a good idea. I think I'll do that. Now, the Bees of Persians, they had this crazy law that you couldn't change a law. <laughs> so, once the king signed the decree, it couldn't be reversed, even when he was soon to realize his mistake. All right, But, you know, we got to watch out for People who are flattering us. We all like to be flattered. Jude one sixteen. Jude one sixteen. Ah, there. These are grumblers finding fault, following their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Romans uh, 16.18. for such men are slaves, not of our Lord Jesus, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they, dece- they de- deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. Proverbs twenty six twenty eight: A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruins. So they, they use this, this lying flattery to get the king to create a trap, which we'll see here. You would think the trap was for Daniel, but actually the trap was for the king. The king was the one who was trapped because he was about to find out the consequences of his uh, big head, his conceit. So you have political intrigue. Uh, Secondly, you have personal integrity. Personal integrity. Look at verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house... Now, in his roof chamber, he had, a, he had windows open towards Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Now, Daniel heard the law. You cannot pray to anybody else for 30 days. The problem is Daniel prayed already every day. So there's the decree, which really only had one person in mind. And Daniel did not allow that to, to affect him at all, as he had always done, and which they knew he had always done, right? If they didn't know that he always did this, they wouldn't have come up with this scheme. They knew he prayed three times a day. He had opened the window and looked towards Jerusalem. Now, the Old Testament had told people to pray towards the temple. The temple was gone. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it. But he still looked towards Jerusalem. And morning, evening, and noon, he prayed. And they knew that. So the next day, they all gathered outside his window <laughs> to see what was going to happen. And opens the shutters, and here comes Daniel praying once again to his God. The trap was sprung. It wasn't Daniel caught in the trap. It was uh, the king. It was the king, Darius. Daniel, by the way, this law would have affected all the faithful Jews. Now, they only had in mind one guy, but if there were, and there were, the other faithful Jews would have also been impacted by this law. Look at verse 13. Then they answered and spoke before the king, Daniel. Before the king, Daniel. Now, they're bringing their accusation. Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah? Okay, Daniel represented all those Jews that were always contrary to the, 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 uh, the, the spirit of the age. He represented all of them. And Daniel knew that he needed to lead by example. I'm sure, he, I, I, at least I, would have been tempted. Lord, I'm up for the presidency. Think how much good I can do these people. Think how much good I can do my, my, my brother and sister uh, Hebrew children. Think how much good I can do these the other Jews, these other exiles. If I just maybe prayed in my closet, right? If I just maybe didn't open the shutters, I could do so much better. But Daniel couldn't do that. His integrity wouldn't allow him. His allegiance was the God. The God. Not little g, God Darius, right? And he continued. Uh, to pray. He had, in fact, we ascertained that he had a 70-year habit of visibly praying towards Jerusalem. That was his habit. First Kings uh, 8.30 Listen to the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place, Jerusalem, or specifically the temple. Hear in heaven from your dwelling place, hear and forgive. So, the temple was the dwelling place of God on earth, but they realized that God can't dwell in buildings made by man. He dwells uh, in heavenly realms. But yet, the verse was, if you'll pray towards Jerusalem, uh, God in heaven will hear you. And this is what Daniel had done. Probably for 70 years, he'd done that. Remember, Daniel lived through the entire captivity. Um, Psalm fifty-five, seventeen. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. So, I like this fact that Daniel didn't decide to pray only then to stick it to the king. All right? He didn't just decide, well, all right, I'm going to go up there and pray just to show the king that he doesn't have authority over me. No, Daniel just kept on, he just kept on praying he, just, he had always prayed, morning, noon, and night, towards Jerusalem. He just continued to pray. He wasn't abouting a protest. <laughs> he was just being consistent. Daniel not only lived his faith, he was willing to die for his faith. Because the law was pretty clear. Anybody who prays to anybody for 30 days other than Darius will be cast into the lion's den. Daniel knew the risk He had lived his faith for 70 years. Now he was willing to die for his faith. Well, the king took this event harder than Daniel did. The king took this event harder than Daniel did. Um, Look at verse 14. Then as soon as the king heard this statement, he was deeply distressed and he set his mind on delivering Daniel. And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Now, again, the king was trapped by the law of the Medes and Persians. He could not change it. He wanted to. He wanted to so badly. In fact, we get the idea in modern day uh, uh, idea, um, you know, he he went to the very last minute. Daniel had to be put in, you know, uh, uh, at the stroke of midnight We get the idea of, you know, as we've all seen in the movies, you know, the electric chair and the warden standing by the phone waiting for that that phone call to stop the execution. Well, the king was the one who had the the, 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 uh, ability to stop the execution, but he couldn't. He was more distressed by this than Daniel was. Um, He worked to the very last moment to rescue him. Verse 18 then the king went off to the palace and spent the night fasting. And no entertainment was brought before him. And his sleep fled from him. While Daniel tossed and turned, or while Darius tossed and turned, Daniel slept like a baby. Darius could not sleep that night. He, 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 he believed, he hoped. Look at verse 16. Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. He wanted to believe that Daniel's God could even save him from the lions. So he tossed and turned all night. And at daybreak, as soon as the morning came, he got up rushed to the lion's den and called out. This brings us to this powerful intervention. A powerful intervention. Uh, Verse 17, a stone was brought, laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Uh, Then the king went off to his palace, spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought for him, and his slept fled from him, Then the king arose at dawn at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. And when he had come near the den to where Daniel was, he couldn't couldn't wait. He cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My Sunday school lesson was titled, God Rules, Lions Drool. As we'll see in a minute, these lions were hungry. They were hungry. We'll see this here shortly in the text. But when Daniel came in, they lost their appetite. Daniel's faith didn't save him, however. Daniel's God saved him. Daniel had no idea what was going to happen when he got thrown into the lion's den. He had no idea. He just knew that he was to be faithful. And it wasn't his faith, really, that saved him. It was his God who saved him. Listen, these weren't kitty cats down here. All right. Verse 24. Then the king gave orders, and they brought these men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and they cast them and this is all this is difficult to even read, and their children and their wives unto the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. These were killer lions. The lives of Daniel's enemies came to an abrupt halt, but his continued to prosper. Proverbs eleven eight. The righteous is delivered from trouble, but the wicked takes his place. 26, 27. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone, it will come back on him. They reaped what they sowed. The the, 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 the terrible punishment that they had imagined for Daniel was their own because God powerfully intervened and shut the mouth of the lion. That brings us to the public information. Public information. Verse 25. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in the land. This was to be broadcast. This was to be communicated. Uh, this was to be copied and sent out. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and enduring forever forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, and his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues, and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Darius' first decree in this chapter was that he was God. His last was that God is God. We're not God. God is God. Turn to Hebrews 11. We're going to close here looking at uh, a moment, moment at Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 32. Of course, Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith, the roll call of the faithful, um, the heroes of the faith. Look at verse 32. Hebrews 11, verse 32. What more shall I say? For time will fail me, If I tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and all the the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, and shut the mouth of lions, who quenched the power of fire. Who's that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego escaped the edge of sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, their foreign armies to flight, uh, put flo- foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Man, who doesn't want to be in that list? right? I want to put my enemies to flight. I want to see my loved ones raised from the dead. I, I-, I want to um, uh, put out uh, fire. I-, I want to shut the lions mouths. I want to be in that listing, but the list doesn't stop there. Verse 35 goes on, and others were tortured, not accepting their release. In other words, they knew if they would just deny their faith, they'd be let go. Instead, they were tortured So that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these having gained approval through their faith. Now again, we love that first list. We don't want to volunteer for this second list. Right? I'd rather avoid torture and imprisonment and jail and mockings and scourgings. I'd rather avoid all that. But you see that they had just as much faith as the other ones. Look at it. Verse 39. And all these, having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, it would not be made perfect. There's, there is a reward coming. There is something better coming. But we don't always get it in this life. So others were willing to pay the price. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said... Uh, King, uh, King, if God wants to get us out of this fire, he'll get us out. If not, we trust God. I like, I like the little irony here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing when everybody else was kneeling, right? Remember the story? When you hear the trumpet, the sound, when you hear all the music going on, you'd fall down before Nebuchadnezzar's idol. Fall down on your knees. Prost- Prostrate yourself in front of the idol. Yes, but there's three guys over there in the corner standing when everybody else is kneeling. Now what do you have in this story? You have everybody else standing and Daniel's kneeling. They're standing outside his window. Can't wait to see what he does. And he's kneeling. Soon, you too will have to make a decision. Is your faith real enough to go against the crowd? Let's pray. Lord, we know there's so much in the Bible, there's so much that we'd like to know that's not in the Bible. The Bible was written for the things that we need to know not everything we want to know. I'd want to know what was going through Daniel's mind. We know that the, 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 the courage, bravery, isn't the opposite of fear. It's, it's doing what's right in spite of your fear. Was he afraid when they threw him into the lion's den? I, I don't know. I just know that he trusted in you regardless if that was to how his life was to end, then God be praised. So Lord, I, 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 I pray we take away the right message from this. It's not dare to be a Daniel. It's not have the faith of a Daniel. It is, do you believe in God that much? Do you believe in God as much? Do, do, is our trust in God Because God is the one who saved Daniel. God is the one who saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God is the one who saves us. Amen.